welcome to Hi Food, I'm Home, the podcast where food psychology coach and work emotions expert Laura Lloyd teaches you how to unlearn overeating after work, lose weight without dieting and diminish your binges using her cognitive, behavioral and hypnotherapy method. Hello, hardworking woman. We're going to talk about how not to eat your face off when you get home from work today and every day. You're going to hear about why getting home from work can drive you straight to the pantry, what to do about it, and how to solve the three main emotions that seem to go with homecoming, being tired, being stressed, and being overwhelmed. I'm so excited about this because this has been such a bugbear for me personally. Getting home from school pickup, oh my god. God, it is carnage every single day. There's a hole in our house! Oh, it's all going on. So today we've come home. Our massive window in the kitchen broke a few weeks ago. The inside pane of the double glazed unit shattered. Luckily the outer one didn't. And as I've arrived back today, there's a new one's been fitted. It's all fun and games. I meant to spend an hour on social media commenting and supporting other people's posts before I picked the kids up and I was late. Hey gorgeous, how are you doing? Good. Hello Muriel! I haven't got lipstick on you, don't worry. Kiss your hair. Come on then, I've got the car. So I wasn't disciplined with my time, so I'm behind on my social media. And I don't really have time to catch up because Ori wants me to do her eight times table with her. You want to do times tables? She's opened a packet of Biscoff biscuits. How many biscuits am I allowed? What do you think? Two. And I've had two glasses of squash with fizzy water trying to avoid the nibbles, avoid the munchies. Yeah, I'll come up in a minute, I'm just making tea. It's kind of all on top of me. But it's already happening, so. From there to here. It's like, trying to fit in with it. (laughs) Through the keyhole. Okay, let's start here. When you get through the door of your home, or even when you step out of work, at that point, if you were to check in with your body, with your nervous system, how you're feeling in your body, you might not be able to name an emotion, but would you be able to decide, am I amped up? Am I neutral? Or am I slumped down? Let me describe what I mean a bit more by that. Sometimes I can't put a name to the emotion that I'm feeling. I can't say whether I'm stressed or worried or But I could tell you that I feel tense or that I feel a bit like my breathing is still a bit racy or my thoughts are going fast. I would say that I'm still a bit amped up and those are signs of stress, even though I'm not experiencing the emotional reality of it. Or sometimes when I get home, I feel slumped. I feel deflated tired, sluggish, depressed, grumpy, all feelings that go with being kind of 
below my neutral space. We could call this neutral space home. So we're getting home, but are we at home in terms of centering ourselves? And it's very hard for us to kind of be aware of what we're thinking when we're actually thinking and feeling a lot of different things, especially when we're changing gear, trying to make a transition between bits of the day. This is where we use food and other habits, actually. If you've ever been a smoker, you'll notice how those cigarettes are kind of punctuation marks in the day, allowing you to kind of put a flag in the ground and say, okay, this is where I'm at, and now I'm going on to the next thing. How will we come home without a food ritual if we don't have another way of making the transition? So often our eating at that time of day, my eating at that time of day, is either to try and bring myself down if I'm hyper, if I'm anxious, try and bring myself down and ground myself and land me at home, or it's trying to give me a lift, give me a boost, try and grab some energy when I really feel like I'm scraping the barrel. Now, not all of that energy is real physical energy. So it's not actually that I need fuel. It's emotional energy. It's dauntedness. It's overwhelm. So let's talk about the emotions that I experience when I get home from a day. Let's talk about the three that I think are most useful to know about. Tiredness, stress, and overwhelm. And actually, when I say stress, I could also say anxiety, because really, they're just the same thing. Maybe we can make some distinctions and say anxiety is more thinking ahead protectively to what what might happen, whereas stress might be processing what has already happened. It's not always the case, though. And we can just be simple about how we think about our emotions at first, because we don't want to get too complicated and technical and hung up on stuff. We just want to think in some nice broad brush strokes so that we can start to map ourselves. And the reason I want us to be simple about this is that for years, chickpea for years, I didn't think I was an emotional eater. I mean, actually, it's hilarious to think about it. I didn't think I was an emotional eater because I was so adept at checking out of my emotional life that I didn't feel any of the emotions under the surface. I actually felt quite numb. All I was really experiencing was trying to get shit done and trying to get to the future, trying to fix things. And I didn't really feel all of the feelings of life very much. I think I'm getting better at it. I know I am. There are just more moments when I just notice, hey, ooh, I think I feel a bit emotional. And actually, I find it really empowering to just say I'm feeling emotional. (laughs) I don't even necessarily have to identify the emotion to notice that my body is vibrating with a sensation and to begin to be curious about that. All right, let's talk about tired. When I get home, I am fucking dog tired, but I'm not tired 
just tired. Sometimes I am physically tired because sometimes I get up really early to do client calls. If clients are in Australia or Hawaii, sometimes we talk early. But also there's another kind of tired, a kind of weary. And we could develop ways to rest when we come home, which are different. Maybe I could make myself a cup of tea. I used to have a jigsaw puzzle on the table upstairs and the puzzle would be absorbing enough that it would take me out of my, oh my God, I got to clear up. Oh my God, I didn't get all that stuff done today into a kind of hyper-focus. And I felt so guilty doing that. But at the same time, it's great because one of my daughters really enjoyed joining me to do it. And so it was a really good way of reconnecting with her at the end of the day. I could be thinking to myself at that point, I have all the energy that I need to do a nice, easy evening here. I'll connect with the kids bit by bit. We'll settle down. Instead of letting my mind go to make it stop, make them stop arguing. Oh, for God's sake, kids, can't you pick up your bags? That kind of arguing with it all, arguing with the reality. That's what Byron Katie would say. Isn't that interesting? It's often really miserable and focused on all of the time I've wasted or what I haven't achieved. So I'm not rewarding myself. I'm not having that lovely, tired feeling of, I spent my time well, and now my energy is low because I've put it into something I care about. You know that tired you get when you've been for a lovely big walk by the sea? You never feel annoyed with yourself for being that kind of tired. You never try and push that tired away. It's like, welcome, I've earned this feeling, it's lovely. We could be so much more respectful around these uncomfortable emotions. Right, let's look at overwhelm then, because overwhelm can leave you feeling very stuck, like a rabbit in headlights. It can be related to feeling daunted and confused. I identify overwhelm as having a lot of thoughts and not making a decision about actions. It's always characterised by not knowing where to start. And of course, the big myth that you need to bust around overwhelm is you don't need to know where to start. Every decision that you make about where to start, you will make right. Because we can we can take control of decisions about how we eat when we aren't ready to face decisions about whether to get in the sink or get into the laundry room or go for a walk, right? Overwhelm is also massively related to our belief in our ability to cope. So if we have quite a high sense of being able to cope, which we probably have at more buoyant points in the day, we know we can navigate overwhelm. Think of how you do it at work. You make a list, you probably make a timeline, you sketch it out, you take a step back from everything and you take an overview of it. It's like putting the postcode into a sat-nav, first figuring out where it is you want to go before you start driving. And and that's really how we fish ourselves out of overwhelm in any scenario. Recognising the feelings of overwhelm in our personal life, though, it takes a lot more courage because somehow we have a lot of ideas that we should be able to cope with stuff, day-to-day adult stuff. And actually, it's really quite challenging. Actually, it can take a lot of focus or finding a real groove with housework. It's not, doesn't come naturally to some of us. My mum 
has got an amazing brain for being able to sort things. If I have a drawer full of little screws and paper clips and buttons and all sorts of stuff, and I give my mum some sort of sorting trays and say, can you figure out all my bits and bobs for me? She'll be like, yeah, I'm happy. So good organising, throwing out the bits that are not useful. Stuff like that could take me days. My brain doesn't like that kind of sorting activity. It's essentially a lot of little decisions for me, which I find really, really tiring. And that's how tiring and overwhelm can really overlap as well, isn't it? Because overwhelm is needing to make decisions. A decision is available in the present moment, but decisions require some brain power. Our brain hates making decisions. It's like one of the most demanding things you can ask a brain to do, and yet we have to make thousands of them. Prioritising has been shown to use so much mental energy. So if I come home and I don't have a plan for what the priority is, I'm just going to, I'm just seeing like after work as just downtime, and I'm just going to show up and it's going to be relaxing. This is just free time. Oh my God. God, I just, nothing can bring me to my knees, like the chaos that confronts me when I'm supposedly using this free time. All right, we've talked about tiredness, we've talked about overwhelm. Let's talk about stress and anxiety. Stress and anxiety are a mode we go into, a survival mode we go into, when our nervous system goes into its sympathetic response. It gives us insulin, cortisol, and it suspends all operations around digestion, assimilation. So eating when we're stressed is... I mean, you're just putting things in your body, but your body is not in a mode that's processing them. It's just holding them in hold for later, right? Many of us live in a state of low-level anxiety. We live in a state of fear, but the fear is so mild that we don't notice. Some of that fear could be caused by just rushing. Some of it can be caused by how we're talking to ourselves as if something terrible is going to happen to us if we don't meet our goals. Some of our anxiety might be related to what other people might think of us. Many of us have experienced social anxiety. And coming home is a kind of relief from being around other people. Eating is a way that we affirm our own identity take back our autonomy, feel safe, feel like nothing's expected of us. Because introverts find it quite tiring being out there in the world. There's nothing bad about being an introvert and nothing particularly better about being an extrovert. Being an extrovert can be really, really tiring too because you're constantly trying to mind read other people's thoughts about you and figure out how to blend in, how to gain social approval. That's fucking exhausting as well. It's a whole bloody performance. And so equally coming home can feel like you can let the mask drop, let the performance drop, stop trying. Let's have a recap. This week 
when you step away from work or when you step in through your home, why don't you check in with your body and figure out what's your nervous system doing if you're a bit amped up, a bit slumped down, or if you're in your home space within yourself. And looking out for emotions like anxiety and stress that will keep you feeling amped up, like tiredness and overwhelm that might leave you feeling slumped down, and just figuring out what you can do for yourself so that either you navigate out of those feelings or you allow them there without heaping a load of extra drama on them. Sometimes feelings just need to be acknowledged and for you to just move around with them in your body, sit with them in your body for as long as they need to be there and you'll find that they'll pass on their own if you don't eat them away. I really recommend that you don't make yourself promises about the snacks that you will or won't have when you get through the door. It might be good to make a plan and actually decide to have a snack when you get home rather than telling yourself, I won't do it, I won't do it, I won't do it and then just going unconscious and doing it. As you do it, with your own full permission, then create some space around it. Check in with your body. Are you feeling any of these emotions? Can you let them be in your body a little longer before you eat? Can you defer the snack a little bit as you've processed your emotions? Can you tell yourself, actually, if I don't need this snack now, I might have it after my dinner as a dessert or with my dinner so that you're not actually rushing straight into the oblivion of a moment of eating. You might be thinking, Laura, is that all you've got for me, being more aware in that moment? Listen, chickpea, I can't do this for you. I can't get into your head and be the detective about what you're feeling. Only you can do that part. And you've already noticed that eating is cropping up at the same time every day. So what are you feeling? Are you noticing that you're bringing your work with you or you've got a lot of homekeeping work on your shoulders or self-expectations when you get back as well? Good. Right, in the next episode, we're going to talk about something that I get asked about all the time, which is how to break the snacks and Netflix habit. Stay on till the end. I've got something lovely for you. JP, you did it again. You gave yourself this time. Thank yourself for that. Now I want to ask you a favour too. Can you write me a review? Now I'd never written a podcast review before and I had to fiddle with my phone a little to do it. It all helps the algorithm, darling. And as you continue to breathe, Imagining now, imagining being in your body, not seeing yourself over there, but imagining being in your body. Imagine walking up to your front door, opening it and stepping in, whatever your homecoming is. Here I am. Here she is. So good to be back seeing yourself do whatever you do immediately that you get through the door, placing your belongings, footwear, 
outerwear, whatever you do. And then just standing there, taking in your home for a second. Here she is. I'm home. I belong in this room. I belong in this place. This place belongs to me. This space is here for me. And you can imagine casting your eyes around the room and seeing things that immediately call to you to be done, to be relocated, fixed, cleaned. You just let that be the case. Greeting all of it. And just like you would greet a pet. Hello you, here you are, there you are. Greet those things, whether they are pleasant to your mind or whether your critical mind thinks that they should be different to the way that they are. Just say, hello you, I see you. I'm here for all of you. I'm here for all of this just as I am and just as my space is, we meet each other. And then I'd like you to see yourself doing something, decide on it in this moment, what you will do that takes you away from food, that gives you a proper landing. That might be a place that you go to sit, or it might be that you walk yourself straight to the bathroom and brush your teeth, or straight to the sink, and take in a glass of water and really taste it. And whether you're landing into a particular chair or you're running your tongue over clean teeth or you're tasting and swallowing water, think to yourself, this feels good. This feels just right. I belong in this room. This moment is for me. Imagine yourself taking a few minutes to just take in what's there for you before you decide what to do next. Imagine the luxury of those minutes, giving them to yourself like a gift. Imagine your head settling like all of the little bits in a snowstorm float to the bottom. And then you can see clearly what you feel. What do I feel? What does my body feel like? Do I need? What would I love someone to say to me right now? And then say it to yourself. Good. Now imagine yourself feeling proud every time you walk past the cupboard you haven't opened. Every time you walk past the fridge you haven't opened. So that the time where you actually go and prepare an evening meal is the first time you've gone for food. And it feels just right. It feels so good to eat when you're truly hungry, when your body is hungry and you're ready for a meal. And with gratitude, just come back as I count backwards from five until one, bringing you back now. Five, four, three, two, one. Well done. See you next week. <laughs>